0: Hello and welcome to Hard Hitting Home Truths, I'm Sash and originally this segment was called Full Kid Banter Shorts but Nathan, our Manchester United correspondent so brilliantly suggested a name change and to call this podcast Hard Hitting Home Truths, which I thought hey man that's actually pretty cool because the whole essence of this podcast is me sitting down talking about and exposing fraudulence from certain individuals. And in this episode, we're gonna call out a group who in my opinion has been flying under the radar in terms of fraudulent acts. And uh well, they are a fanway sports group, the owners of Liverpool Football Club. And I can hear it in the background right now, Liverpool fans who are listening to this podcast groaning and whining. Pascal who is our Liverpool correspondent on the Full Kit Banter podcast. Check us out on Spotify, we are also on Instagram, you can follow us at Full Kid Banter. Yeah, it's probably putting out an ad looking for a new Chelsea correspondent to replace me on the panel. <laughs> yeah, and you guys are probably bewildered and quite confused from the statement that I made, probably as confused as I was when I was in Japan, you know, experiencing onsen for the first time because... I didn't know how naked you had to be, but I digress. So your question to me is probably, hey man, didn't FSG oversee Liverpool's most successful period from 2018 to 2020 where they won the UEFA Champions League and the Premier League respectively? And to that question, I reply, yes. But with this question, I raise another question. We all know how good of a manager Jürgen Klopp is, right? I mean, to me, managerial master, one of the top three managers in the Premier League. And so, how much influence did FSG, Leopold's owners, have on probably your most successful period in the whole decade? And with that, I'm going to say, that FSG are frauds because they didn't really invest that much to help Jurgen Klopp to build the team. And then you guys might rebut and say, but hey, we did spend £160 million on the likes of Allison, Fabinho, Nabi Keita, and Shakiri. Yeah, that is true, factually true. But the thing is that you guys, and you guys being Liverpool, your transfer hierarchy have said that uh, the bread and butter of your transfer income is based on a spend as much as you earn policy whether it's from player sales or merit payments i'm going to delve a little bit about merit pay merit payments later on but yeah player sales or merit payments from competitions and of the 20 highest net spenders over the last 10 years the rates are second for the proportion of the spending which comes from sales and a total of 779 million euros that you guys have raised in the past decade by moving on players represents 73% of the 1.0 billion that has gone on to bring new signings to Anfield. And only Chelsea, surprise, surprise, are above you guys on 74% in this respect. And so, where did you guys get 160 million from? Definitely not from FSG's pockets because, and I've done my research on that. Uh, a large sum of it was from the thirty-three point five million uh from outgoing players like uh, Danny Ward, Ragnar Cleven, it Dominic Slanke. What the hell did you guys get so much from him? Like I would never know. Together with uh majority from the 142 million transfer coup uh, from uh transfer coup from Cotinho's mega move to Barcelona. So you add 33.5 million to 142 million, that's about 175 million. And you guys actually spent 160 million off that 175.5 million to bring the likes of Alison Shakiri, Fabinho, and Keta. And so you guys actually profited 15 million that year, 2018 to 2019. And so, yeah, with, with that Fawcett place, you guys did win the Champions League. I I do remember you guys turning the uh, three-new deficit against Barcelona to beat them 4-0 at Anfield, that night was just... I remember waking up, checking the score, and be like, how the hell did you guys actually turn that around? But yeah, fair play to y'all. Y'all actually beat Spurs in the final. Uh, Glad to see that, actually. And so, continuing on from the 18-19 season, you guys actually finished second uh, to Manchester City. You guys lost lost to them by a singular point. And I do remember that season being... the, the the title race that season was extremely uh, intense because whatever Manchester City did, you guys matched them. If they won their game, you guys won your game. So it kind of... also oh, title race down to the wire, which unfortunately Manchester City won. I mean, if you're a Liverpool fan, of course. But you guys gave it your all and you guys won Champions League. So it wasn't that disappointing of a season because... Yeah, it, it, European champions, man, you, ha- you have to take it. And so, I kind of thought, okay, this is where my research on merit payments comes in. Okay, if you guys didn't know, a single victory in a group stage is worth 2.7 million euros. Liverpool actually won three group stage games that season and lost three. But you guys won the Champions League that season, so in total, you guys earn roughly under 55 million euros. And also, you guys came in second in the Premier League. So, uh, Liverpool Football Club actually pocketed around $34 in prize money. So, that's almost $90 million to to spend on, on new players, or in terms of merit payments, of course. And so, you guys, the Liverpool fans and myself, we thought that, okay, the reason you guys fell short against Man City is probably because your squad, when compared to theirs, it's <laughs> night and day, like, Comparing your first team to your second team, right? The golf in class is immense. Like for the striker position, going down from Firmino to Origi is just huge, man. Yeah, I I know that Origi was the talisman in your Champions League winning year, but then again, UEFA Champions League, it's a knockout competition. It's way different from the league format. So... And going down from, from Salah to... Ha- Sorry, it wasn't Javier Elliott. It was uh, Harry Wilson. Yeah, so... Your A team, on their day, best team in the world. Like, if you guys are on form, you guys can beat anyone. But looking at your B team, right? You had um James Milner. You had Oxlade-Chamberlain, who, you know, up to now, I, I he's, he's an enigma of a player. I still don't know where his best position is at. Yeah, like... Origi who I pointed out earlier, um Harry Wilson, who I pointed out earlier, you guys basically had no one to help money at the like you guys had no one to replace money in case he had an injury. You guys had uh, I mean you guys I know you guys had Shakiri but he, for some reason he hardly played the season as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean go- going back to, to my point is, I do remember the summer of. 2019, 2020, you know, before the season started, Klopp was being asked about new signings, and he was pretty irritated because you could tell that he wanted to sign some players, but for some reason, he, you you guys didn't seem to sign whoever you're being linked to, like Werner was one of the targets that you guys were being linked to, you guys were being linked to, was it Nabil Fakir, but was it two years ago, I can't remember, but basically you guys Needed to address your squad, the squad deficits. You guys needed a better squad to... At that point of time, you guys thought you needed a, a better squad to, to compete against Man City because the current Man City squad was super strong. And so, yeah, I I could I remember a few interviews where, then again, club was being asked on, like, okay, you guys won the Champions League last season. You guys narrowly missed out on the league. To Man City in that season as well. So, what squad signings are you guys looking at to help push on? You know, to be the catalyst to spearhead a a proper title challenge against Man City. And when Klopp was asked this question, he was pretty irritated. Like I, you know, Klopp is a pretty jovial person. But he he kept shunning away the questions. Like, and then. it it became pretty evident that actually he had little to no money to spend because at the end of the transfer window, and I'm looking at my notes here, uh, you guys basically only spent 9 million on Takumi, Minamino, and Harvey Elliott, whereas you guys, uh, in terms of outgoing sales, you guys pocketed about 39 million. So that's actually a net profit of 30 million going into FSG's pockets. But I think... One of the reasons why Liverpool, even with an under-invested squad, you guys won the Premier League because of many factors. Firstly, like I said, Jurgen Klopp, man. He's the managerial masterclass of Jurgen Klopp that season. Like, you guys, he he instilled this mentality in each and every one of the Liverpool players. I do remember such cases of it like James Milner's last-minute penalty against Leicester for you guys to grab a narrow 2 1 win. And also, Sadio Mane, man, he's probably the most clutch player for you guys that season over Salah. Because, firstly, one of the highlight games that I do remember of him is Aston. Uh, when you guys played away to Aston Villa. It was 1 1 in the 94th minute. Uh, I think, Sal- sorry, it was Salah. Mane had a, early on had a cut above his eye he had like blobs of blood on his on his jersey because it was a pretty bad card and he had to get bandaged up. And if it was any other player who didn't have the same elite mentality as Saido Mane did, you he would probably have not done what Mane carried on to do, which was to score from uh, the incoming 94th minute corner, which ultimately won you guys the league because I do remember Trent floating that corner in Money rising up like a salmon. He didn't really let that cut above his eye bother him. He didn't let the blobs of blood on his shirt bother him. I mean he did change out of it after that because you can't play in a bloodied jersey. And he hit it into the bottom right-hand corner of, of the goal. And that was like that was the moment I knew that you guys were gonna spearhead uh, a, t- a title challenge this season. Because you guys were known as the mentality monsters of the 1920 season. You guys turn losses into draws you guys turn draws into wins and i mean you, you you also got a factor in like man city had a pretty unlucky season with injuries in the defense you had like Rodri playing in defense you had otamendi you had fernandino playing in defense and when you have integral components in the midfield like Rodri and fernandino playing in defense it kind of affects your ball progression from defense into midfield and then from midfield to attack and also Chelsea, we were coming off a transfer ban, you know. Hazard left. Lampard just came in. He he needed to steady the ship. And well, for Manchester United, all at the wheel. So less about it, the better. So you guys basically did not spend any money at all in the eighteen nineteen and nineteen twenty season in terms of. Sorry, let me just rephrase that. FSG did not reach into the pockets and spend money to improve the squad. You guys basically operated on a spend as much as you earn policy. And yeah, so I was wondering, merit payment-wise, where does this money go to? Because if it's not going into squad investment, in into Liverpool squad investment, does, does it go, where does the money go to? So, as you guys know that, um, FSG they also own the uh, Boston Red Sox, so I thought, oh, are uh, FSG prioritizing the squad needs of but the Boston Red Sox over the squad needs of Liverpool Football Club? And so I delved right in and did a little bit more research, right? So apparently this is not true. Uh, the the Boston Red Sox hardly had any investment at all, and this is pretty evident from. Alright, I'm just gonna read you guys a paragraph from from Wikipedia. So the Red Sox, they hadn't won a World Series, which is the pinnacle of basketball, uh, sorry, basketball, pinnacle of baseball since 1918, when FSG, then known as the New England Sports Ventures, arrived at Fenway Park in 2002. Since then, the most glittering prize in the sport has found its way to the city on a hill four times, with wins arriving in 2004, 2007, 2013, and 2018. Since then, the Red Sox have not been a good team, and however, but however, uh, they also have failed to make the playoffs in 2019 and 2020, finishing dead last in their division in a pandemic-affected 2020 season with little hope for much better for much better for 2021. You know, with, with little squad investment, you thought, all right, this, this team's not going to challenge, but that hasn't been the case. And the Red Sox, guarded by returning general manager and Liverpool fan, of course, Alex Cora, as well as Chief Baseball Officer Shane Bloom, surprised many in baseball with just how good they have been this season, and with some even daring to talk them out as potential World Series contenders once more. So do you see the common denominator in this? FSG have been lucky in terms of managerial appointments because, I mean going back to the footballing side of things, like I said uh, on and on in this uh, episode, Jürgen Klopp, one of the best managers in the world, Liverpool are pretty fortunate to have him with their transition period from I think it was 2015 up to now. The thing is that, with I know Liverpool did not spend big on the likes of Salah, Mane and Firmino and it was through Klopp's coaching and his man management that these players have turned out to be world beaters and yeah they've invested heavily on the likes of Virgil van Dijk and Alisson but it's because Liverpool's transfer hierarchy have pretty much done the business for them in terms of coming out with their own funding. So, I know that Jurgen Klopp's contract is actually expiring in 2024 and he has said that he wants to have a leave of sabbatical after that and it's pretty much an open secret that Steven Gerrard, Liverpool legend, is going to be the one that takes over Klopp, uh, when he finally decides to stop managing Liverpool. But I look at the squad right now, right? Salah, Mane, Firmino Fabinho, Allison and Van Dyke, who are basically the spine of that squad. What makes Liverpool such a entertaining team to watch? You know, they're flea throwing attacking football. They're gonna be in the twilight of the couriers once Gerard takes over and if FSG don't take the finger out of their asses and invest in the squad, like pronto I I know they did by Ibrahim konate and Diego jota but how much of that is due to their own income generated from merit payments because it's pretty evident that FsG are not gonna invest in invest their own money in Liverpool because from what I know uh, from Arsenal fans that you know the Crogate family who are in charge of Arsenal they kind of see Arsenal as a thing of leisure and they don't really treat it as seriously as the local British natives in England because to the to the locals in in England right football is like a religion to them whereas in America owners of American franchises they kind of treat it as like leisure and they, they don't really pay a lot of attention to it and they treat it like a, a business venture so if so if the business is earning money they don't tend to look into it it's only till the business starts bleeding cash and then their heads will turn and they'll start asking questions but if if the business venture is profitable yeah they'll just carry on with their own lives because they have their own investment to take care of so the point i'm trying to make is you know the thing about revolutions like you you had the whole roy hogson era transiting to the whole Kenny Dalgish era, transiting to the Brandon Rodgers era, and right now the Klopp era. And you can only paper the cracks so much because yeah, there's only so much coaching and proper management can do to a certain squad. But I know the saying is a poor Merckx only blames his tools, but if the tools are not of a certain caliber, you can't mount a proper title challenge. And with the lack of investment in Liverpool squad right now, when, when and Gerard takes over, it's, it's gonna be a mountain of a, of a hill to climb when it comes to possible talk of title challenge. I know that Liverpool fans will be patient with him because I know some of you, they, you guys are waking up and smelling the roses, man, because you, so I know some of my friends who are Liverpool fans they have been complaining about the lack of investment even though you guys have been doing so well recently because if you guys are doing well, you should strengthen In a position of strength because you know what i mean and fsg they're not gonna spend mega millions on on superstars man because apparently this is not how you guys operate but also come to think of it in in three years time right looking at the Liverpool squad right now the the a team Fabino's gonna age uh van dyke he's just recovered from his injury and right now i know it's a bit too early to say but he doesn't look like the same player that he was the the, the dominant Van Dyke of like three seasons ago Salah has still he still has contract issues man like, like I gotta talk about that I know that I've been speaking to Pascal and he's been talking about oh, because you guys your, your weight structure doesn't entail you know Salah's mega touted 400k or 350k contract but Dude, Salah's the best player in the world, man. Pay him what he wants. And if it's a weight structure issue, how much does that boil down to, then again, FSG's ownership, man? They should... Shouldn't they break the weight structure? And for that to happen, money has to come out of their pockets, which, like, from the from the looks of it, it's not gonna happen. Mane looks like he has another mega move away from Anfield. Like, I don't know when it's gonna be, but it looks like he's gonna move. For Mino, it's for Mino. He has his own limitations and I don't think he'll leave, but... And then again, uh, so, you know, just to, to wrap up this podcast because it's pretty much 20 minutes already. Um... Liverpool fans, you guys need to be ahead of the curve on this because the way I look at FSG, man, they're kind of like fraudulent sheep in wolf's clothing. You guys don't see yet because of of Jurgen Klopp, but once Klopp is done with, with his managerial tenure at Liverpool and a new guy comes in. If SF, if FSG are still the owners of Liverpool, you guys are probably gonna sl- slowly slip back into the whole Hoxon era, you know, zero investment. Yeah, just not a pretty sight and I think you guys should manage expectations because, yeah, I know it's pretty rich of, of me to say because I'm a Chelsea fan and you have Big Daddy Roman to fund us whenever we need money, but you guys are one of the biggest clubs in the world, man. You guys should have money to spend on players as and when you need. Spend on the superstars. I know you guys have been... It's pretty much a meme that, about Mbappe coming to Liverpool and it's still a meme right now, but it looks like he's gonna go to Real Madrid. Yeah, and with Salah money, and Firmino coming to the twilight of the careers, you know, your, your superstars, the holy trident of attack, which has been... Pretty much carrying you guys to a Premier League and a Champions League win, these guys are gonna need replacements. You can't, you can't rely on Minamino, Diogo Jota, and Origi to spearhead another title challenge when Klopp leaves, right? So, yeah, with that, um, you guys can formulate opinions on whether FSCs are frauds after listening to this, um, heart hitting home truths. And with that, I'm gonna love it and leave you. And uh, before I wrap up, yeah, you, you guys. You guys got the treasure clock, man. He's he's like um to use his analogy, he's like a a mushroom growing in growing in the middle of a flower patch and he's like a He's such a rarity. Oh yeah, I'm gonna love you and leave you and with that See you again soon.